to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Well, I could preach on the kingdom from now until Saturday, I think, so... Hallelujah. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody doing all right? Good looking group, I'm telling you. Looking group. You're welcome. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Are you ready this morning? All right. Take your Bibles. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. We'll start there this morning. See where we go. One of the things is we continue to talk about the kingdom, and I've been getting quite much feedback from speaking on the kingdom from different people, a lot of them even outside this body who listen online or whatever, and they, you know, they're shaking their heads a little bit. It's something they've never really heard taught before. It don't really line up with their religiosity. They don't know whether to believe it or not because they've been in religion so long. It's hard to break out of something when you've been in it for a long, long time. How many of you know that? It becomes a habit. It becomes a way of thinking. But until you really get an understanding that what we're talking about in the kingdom of God is it's actually a government, and it is a kingdom government and you don't understand how a kingdom government works, you'll have a hard time understanding how the kingdom of heaven works because it's a kingdom government. Are you following me? So basically, you know, Jesus never said uh, he was a president. He never said he was a prime minister. The Bible says he was a king. Say a king. So that makes him a king of an actual kingdom. Now, none of us have lived in a kingdom. We've lived in a democracy or republic or wherever we're living in now. But it's nothing like a kingdom itself. So if you're going to read the Bible from a kingdom perspective, you have to understand what a kingdom is and how it works. So Jesus is basically the king. The kingdom of God is much like the natural governments. I mean, we, they have a territory. They have an owner. They have laws. We have a constitution. We have a culture. There's an economy in the kingdom of God, just like anything else. There's an army. Let me just say this. You are not the army in the kingdom of heaven. Angels are the army in the kingdom of heaven. So, I mean, if you want to be the army, go ahead. But you're going to get in the way, praise God, because uh, the angels are the army. You are a citizen. You're not the army. So there's a lot of things that we need to learn. They have citizens. They have an education system in the kingdom of God. You know what it is? The Holy Ghost. Very good teacher, I've heard. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's a health system in the kingdom of God. What is it? Divine health. It's already in there. So all these things we've got to adjust to and out of the way that we've been thinking for a long time. And when you get that thinking, you'll start to understand government rather than religiosity. All right, Ephesians chapter 2. Look at verse 19. It says, Now, therefore, when? Now. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, and you are of the household of who? God. Now, this is pretty interesting here. Notice, first of all, what it says is you are no longer a stranger and a foreigner. Well, then, before I got born of the kingdom of God, I was considered a stranger and I was considered a foreigner. Now, when we think of foreigners, we don't think of anything about religiosity. We think about countries. You know, you see somebody in your country, they speak a different language, they act different, and you say, there's a foreigner. Why? Because he's not from your country. So there was a time when you were a foreigner to the kingdom of God because of what Adam did. When Adam sinned, he lost the spirit of God, and he lost the kingdom of God, and then all of us were born outside the kingdom of God in a kingdom called the kingdom of darkness. So at that time, you were a stranger to what? The kingdom of God. You were a foreigner to what? The kingdom of God. But now, say now. Now now it says you have become a citizen and a member of the household of God. 
So if I get in the household of God and I come into a new kingdom, I want to know what that king's plan is, since he's the one ruling, what his plan and what his purpose is, so that I can get involved in his plan and purpose. I don't want to make up my own plan and purposes and go to him and try to get him to come along with me. Could stop right there, couldn't we? Yeah, that's what we do as Christian people. We, we come up with a plan and then God doesn't bless it and we get mad. Well, if it wasn't his plan, he's not entitled to bless your plan until you get into his plan. Now, the plan that he gives you when you get in his plan will be part of his plan, and your plan will fit in with his plan. Amen. Come on now. Are you following me? Yeah. I don't have a plan. Well, get in his plan. When you start to get in his plan, basically, and move into things of God, and you've just got to think sometimes even in my own mind, what the heck was God doing? What was he doing when he made this solar system? What was he doing when he made a planet Earth? What was he doing when he made some dust and blew part of himself into it and made a man? What the heck was he doing at that time? And then I think of myself a long time ago. What am I doing here? I'm here on earth. What am I here for? Am I here just to get married, pop out a couple kids, you know, have enough money to, to pay their way into everything, and then die and go up into Is that why I'm here? Is that what I'm here for? So if you don't know why you're here or what the plan of God is or what it is, then you're going to have a problem being happy and fulfilled in this kingdom. And how many want to be happy and fulfilled? You do. And there's a way to do that, basically. So basically, here it says you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, and you are a member in the house of God. Now, when did I become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven? The day that I got born again. When did I become a child or son of God? The day. See, when my kids were born and they came out of the womb, they didn't have to qualify to become my son. They didn't have to wait till they were 17. Then we canonized them as a son. They were a son as soon as they came out and were born into this world. It's the same way when they were born in the United States. They were a citizen as soon as they were born. See, a lot of the church is trying to grow into these places that you're already in because they think religiosity. Well, I'm going to do my best to become a son. I'm going to try my best. No, you're already a son. You were born into a kingdom, and that's who you are right now. Now, what God wanted to do when he was creating things was he created a spiritual place called heaven that you can't see, and he was king over heaven. But he wanted to have a family, and with that family, he wanted to give them the opportunity to also be kings of a territory or a piece of land. So what did he do? He created a place called earth. Say earth. How I many know you can see earth, but you can't see heaven, but they're both real. So he said, what I'm going to do is that I'm going to create a family of citizens and a family of sons and daughters who are going to be kings on the earth. See, if, if he just created us all and kept us in heaven, you couldn't be a king in heaven because there already is a king in heaven, and you certainly ain't going to vote him out. Right? And so he's not in a four-year term, an eight-year term. He's in a long term, brother. You ain't going to get him out of there. So God wanted to give us the same opportunity to rule, to reign, to have dominion. So he created earth, and then he put Adam on it. Adam had all, everything that he needed. He had the Holy Ghost. He had the power. Everything he needed to do what God wanted him to do. But when he lost that, all mankind lost that, because every seed produces after its own. So everybody came from the inside of Adam. How many of you know that? I mean, Adam was a man. He gave him a woman so that man would not be alone or all one, if you look up the translation of that. Why? Because it takes a woman to get man out of the inside of man. Are we going too deep this morning? Yeah, that's what it takes. Without a woman, you can't get the... We're not going to go there either this morning. I almost slid. almost slid over there, but I pulled myself back, praise God. Yes, it takes a man and a woman 
in order to bring man. So my boys were in me, but I was in my dad, and dad was in that, do you see? So it all came out of the inside of somebody. It takes a female, basically, to do that. So everybody after Adam sinned was born in sin, incorruptible seed. They, at that time, they were a stranger and a foreigner to the kingdom of God, but they were part of a kingdom here called the kingdom of darkness. So we were all born into the kingdom of darkness. That's where we lived. That's where we ruled. The kingdom of darkness has a culture, has an economy, has a way of doing things. It has a prince who runs the thing. See, and there we were. So what did Jesus come back? He came back to give us the opportunity to be born again back into the original kingdom in Genesis chapter 1 where Adam was. And in order to do that, he had to restore everything in our lives back to that time back in Genesis chapter 1. So when you got born again, you were instantly, say instantly. instantly. Now listen, this isn't over a period of time. This is immediately. As soon as I was born again, I was born back into the original, in the image and likeness of God himself. The only problem was my soul did not catch up with who I was and is still catching up to who I am this day. So since people don't feel like they're a citizen, don't feel like they're in the family, they try to go to church and become a family and do their best to be a son and all this. Well, all that is religion because there's nothing you can do to restore yourself back to the original image. It's all by the blood of Jesus Christ. You can't take credit for it. Well, I went to church every Sunday. That's why I'm doing so well and God loves me. No, he loved you before you went to church. He loves you if you don't go to church. He loves you if you go to church and make a fool of yourself. He loves you either way. It's not based on what we do. This is a legal system, not a religious system. So a lot of the religiosity things that we do are just really a waste of time. I hate to tell you that. And I'm going to get in trouble for that statement, but that's all right. You know when you hit religious things. You can feel it when you're talking about it, and you know when you nail them. But notice here he says you're of the household of God. So why did he do that? Because everybody in the world needs a couple things. They need a purpose, and they need significance. Don't you want to be significant? Don't you want to make a difference while you're here on the earth in the time that you're here? Yeah, there's significance there, and you want to be significant. So everybody in the earth, if they're not seeking the kingdom of God, are seeking significance someplace. So what do they do? They join the moose got a club together. They've got a mission. They join, join the Elks. They join all these different clubs. There's basically different religions. Some people hook into Hindu. Some hook into Muslim. Some hook in even to Christianity. Some hook into denominations just to be part of something to where you think you're being significant because we Catholic and we Methodist and we this and, and who's your identity? That's who we are. But until you get the identity that you are a citizen of the kingdom of God and not the member of any other club, so you're not in membership, you're in citizenship. There's just, Jesse said one time, he was talking about, uh, they said, what were you? And he says, well, I'm a Catholic. And they said, you're a Catholic? You're not a Catholic yet. He said, oh, yeah, I'm just a bad Catholic. <laughs> he said, once they label you as a Catholic, you're always a Catholic, but I just don't follow the Catholic things. And I'll tell you what, there's people out there who don't follow their denomination, but if you say something bad against their denomination, they'll freak out. And you'll say, really? When's the last time you were there? 32 years ago. But I'm telling you what. What is it? You want to be part of something. You want to have significance. You want to have something that you can defend. So that's what all these things are. Many of the, the, the things you see going on in the United States now, if you go in there and you interview half the people protesting about something, half of them don't even know why they're protesting. They just want to be part of something. They want to be significant. Why do we have so much trouble at the border and all over the United States too? Because young kids are not feeling significant. They don't have a purpose, so they join a gang. 
Why join a gang? There's significance there. They're, they have a purpose, and I want to join a purpose, and I want to do this stuff. So if you're not finding the kingdom, you're filling that void with something else in your life. You're belonging to something else where you can identify with and label yourself. But once you start identifying yourself with the kingdom of God, as a citizen of the kingdom of God, and as a member of the kingdom of God, your whole atmosphere starts to change. Because now you're a citizen of a government who wants to bless your socks off. And not only that, I have become a co-laborer with that kingdom to do what God wants to do on earth. What does he want to do? He wants to extend heaven's culture back into this earth realm that, that Adam lost. That's what he's trying to do. The only way he can do that is through people who are born again, who have made the adjustment, who are coming out of the kingdom of darkness and being translated into the kingdom of his own son. So that's why we renew our mind on the word of God. That's why we come to church to hear about the kingdom of God. If people aren't preaching the kingdom of God, then what they're preaching you probably isn't going to help you. It might help you a little bit. I'll tell you what, Jesus never really preached healing. He never preached faith that much. He never preached love that much. He never preached healing that much. He preached the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like this. This is what the kingdom of God is like. I must preach the kingdom of God. Then he told his disciples, go and preach the kingdom of God. He got his other disciples, go and preach the kingdom of God. What did Paul preach in Acts? The kingdom of God. One place he went in and told him about the kingdom of God, and he stayed there two years. But see, in this day and age, we're very smart people. If we just get 15 minutes of kingdom teaching on Sunday, we will be totally transformed within three weeks. No, 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 no. This is a complete different way of thinking that opens you up to not only your purpose and not only your significance, but also to gifts and rights and access of a kingdom that has far more than this earth will ever give you. So I'm going to work every day. I'm busting my butt. I'm working overtime to get enough money to make my family okay. And I'm going to this earth, and I'm sweating, and I'm toiling. I didn't know I had access to a kingdom where God would supply all my needs. I knew the scripture. Oh, God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. I know he takes care of me. How you doing? I'm working 92 hours a week at four jobs. And See, you're still not in the trust area. You're not trusting the Lord with all your heart. And you're definitely leaning on your own understanding. So we've got to come out of the way that we think, out of the way that we're do doing things, and out of the way that things are gone. But this is tough. If you never know about it, it's hard to get into it. Do you see? So, so what's my purpose? My purpose is here to extend the kingdom of God in my sphere. I'm not going to save the whole world. I'm not going to transfer the whole world. I'm one of the people around me that I run into, the people here, the people that I'm around, my relation, my people that listen online. There's many, many people I'm finding out that listen online. You know, the best thing that happened to us was COVID. It made us go online. We didn't have a choice. We still had church, but nobody here. So we went online, basically started getting out there. Then we found new ways to get it out. Then we put the dailies out. Then we put everything else out, and this is going out. And there's a lot of new people every week responding to these things that I've never even heard, and I don't know who they are. And most of them want to be my friends, and I've got to be honest with you, I don't know about this friend stuff, praise God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm clicking into, so I'm very, very careful yeah. of what I'm clicking into, praise God. And you should be too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So basically the word is getting out and people are seeing the kingdom and understanding the kingdom. Even my two sisters said, my gosh, this is, you know, we never really heard anything, you know, like this before. But if you look at the Bible, the problem is it's in there. It's hard to fight when it's in there. And then you want to say, where do you see that? Well, Matthew, Mark, Luke, all over the place. Just turn to a page. 
you'll find it. I think it's 278 times or something in three books. So it's, it's going to be hard for you to miss. It's in there all the time. And that's what Jesus taught about, and that's what he did. So he needs help. He needs you to become part of his big plan, which to make earth just like heaven again, to bring his culture in here, to bring his morals back in here. He doesn't want us compromising with the kingdom of darkness. He wants to do what the kingdom says is the morals and is basically the values. So we line up and we do them. And how many know the first thing that happens is there's a change on the inside of us. God's going to work on the inside of you. How many of you have noticed that? Yeah, it's in there. And you can go with God as far as you want to go with God. Because there's some things we were taught we want to hang on to. We just like those. We just like those religious cows sometimes. We're going to hang on to those. Well, my grandma did those and my great-grandma did those. Well, it didn't help them either. You see, so we want to be kingdom people. We want to know. We want to walk as kingdom people, and we want to let other people know just by what we do. So what are we doing? We're part of a spirit world. How many of you know you're a spirit? You're not a natural person trying to live in the spirit. You're a spirit person trying to live in the natural. Big difference. You're a spirit person. So you're here in, in this natural world. There you are. You're dealing with a bunch of people who are basically dead spirits. They're in the kingdom of darkness. And you are the connection between heaven itself and down here. And that connection, of course, is someone by the name of the? Oh, once the Holy Ghost came back on the inside of you then, you are connected now to heaven itself, praise God. And God wants to use you to expand the culture of heaven back into this earth realm in your family, at your workplace, and wherever you go. But how many of you know this, this takes a little something extra? So go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. This gives you a purpose 24 hours a day. When I had a religious mindset, I had a purpose every Sunday for two hours and every Wednesday for one to go to church and hear the Word of God. Then the rest of the time, I did basically whatever I wanted to do. I wasn't a bad kid, but I didn't really think about God or the kingdom or too much of anything else anymore. But notice, when you step into citizenship, how many know your citizenship doesn't come and go? I mean, if you leave the United States and go some other country, how many know your citizenship goes with you? So you're a citizen all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you can't just come to church and be a good citizen and then wake up on Monday morning and be a bad citizen. You're either a citizen or you're not a citizen. Now, if you're a member of something, you can be good while you're at the moose and terrible when you get out of the moose. Are you following me? You can be, I was good in a denomination on Sunday, but boy, Saturday night and Friday night, I was a completely different person. Why? Because I didn't think it mattered. I didn't think it made a difference. I didn't think, and that's what Christians think, it just doesn't make a difference. Just be the best that you can. And that's because they think and been brainwashed to think their reward is heaven. Listen, if God's major purpose of sending Jesus was to get you to heaven, then when you got born again, he'd have killed you and took you there. Why not? Why would he leave you here? Oh, they fulfilled the purpose. They're going to heaven. Get them out of there shoot them and get them out. No, it's because not only did you get born again, but you have a purpose here. You have significance here. You are important to God in the little area that you are. And the more you grow in kingdom things, the more you can relay them to other people at the same time and bring them into the kingdom of God. Once they see your lifestyle, they won't want to live in the kingdom of darkness anymore. They won't want to be sick anymore. They won't want to be down and out anymore. They don't want to be poor anymore. They don't want to be depressed anymore. They don't want to fill the void with alcohol. They don't want to fill it with drugs. They don't want to fill it with sex. They don't want to fill it. No, they don't want to fill it with those things, basically, because it'll already be filled. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is alcohol. Theirs is the moose. Theirs is a domination. No, theirs is the 
kingdom of God. So anybody poor in spirit, who we all were at one time, were we not? So all these people out here are looking for the kingdom of God, and they don't even know what they're looking for. So how are they going to find it if they don't know, and somebody don't tell them that it's available to them? So Jesus shows up, and the first sermon is, repent. Don't be stupid, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was his first one right there. He said, it's here right now. So he went on preaching that and preaching that and preaching that. And sometimes I don't know what we're preaching all the time, everywhere and everything. But the kingdom of God is what Jesus preached, and that's what we need to preach. So 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Look at verse 20. It says, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but it is in So notice, that's good news, isn't it? So the kingdom of God is not just a bunch of babbling, not just a bunch of talk, not just a bunch of sermons, but the kingdom of God also has something with it called power. Now, how many know this is supernatural power coming from a supernatural kingdom that has come to live on the inside of you? And everybody on earth today is looking for power. I don't care whether you're black, white, Mexican, whatever. I don't care if you're female, male, young, old. You want power. You want to be able to control your situations and your circumstances in your life. That's what you want. Well, that's what the kingdom does. It gives you power to control situations and circumstances that come up in your life. Now, religion tells you you have no help. You just go through life, and if things aren't going too good, don't worry. In the by and by, you'll die, and you'll go to heaven. Hallelujah. So just hold on for now. Are you sick? That's okay. God's probably trying to teach you something. You don't have to get well. You don't have to do anything. You're depressed. That's okay. God loves you. Just hang on. To you. They never told me that I had a chance to live in victory. They never told me that the kingdom made me victorious. They never told me the kingdom made me more than a conqueror. They never told me the kingdom gave me power over all the power of the enemy. Praise God. Never told me that I had authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. It never told me that stuff because it wanted me there. To keep me in their denomination. Ooh, that hurt. Ooh, that hurt there. That's me, Father. No. No, that's what it does. Why? Because you're needy. And needy people needy need things. But when you find out, praise God, that you have power and authority over what you want. You want to have power. You want to have authority. You want to be able to handle every situation and every circumstance that comes to you. Everyone that shows up, you want to be able to handle it. The circumstances come, we're going to be able to say... I know exactly what to do there because this is what the kingdom would do here. And when I override the natural with the kingdom, I get victory every single time. We're not going to go, and then call everybody in the church saying, help me. No, we're going to learn how to use the kingdom ways, the kingdom thing. Look at Jesus. There he is. He's coming back. The devil's tempting him. 40 days fasting, which would have killed 90% of us. Comes back and the devil comes at him and he, did, he, did, he didn't jump around. He didn't scream. He didn't cast out devil. He simply said, it is written. Amen. He used his contract and he used that contract to supersede that situation or that temptation to continue to walk like a kingdom person would. And how many know we can do the same thing? We have this book. Now, if you don't know this book, it's going to be hard to fight with a scripture you don't know. So that's why we study this book. We look at this book. We know this. When worry starts to come, you have a scripture. Don't worry about anything. I cast all my cares upon him. That takes care of that worry. There it goes. Or if you don't know that, you're going to worry. And you're going to find plenty of other Christians who will be happy to worry with you. You can start the After Church Worry Club. And you'll probably have 40, 50, 60 people joining you, telling you their problems all the time. But we're victorious people. We're not, we're not that kind of people. We're a kingdom people. We're citizens of a kingdom, praise God. So what are we trying to do? We've got power that has been given to us. Even a baby, you know, a baby wants power and authority. 
You, you take their favorite toy away, you're going to see that they want some power and authority. They're not just going to say, okay, take my other toy too. They're going to go, uh, uh, uh. And why is that? Because everybody was born. See, you were born to have power and authority on the inside of you. You were born to rule and reign. So when you're not ruling and reigning over situations, you feel like a victim and a loser because deep on the inside of you, you know you're not supposed to be there. You're supposed to be here. You're supposed to be living victory over every single thing that comes into your life because basically the whole human race right now is looking for power. They're just looking for different ways to get it, aren't they? Some of them get in politics. What for? To help the people? No, for power. People rob a bank. Why? They want power. They think money gives it to them. See, it's all about power, power, power. But that power is misused. It's natural power. Well, we got a stronger power when we enter into the kingdom of God, and that power will override anything that's going on in the natural realm when you learn how to use that, basically. So we're over the kingdom of earth, and God is over the kingdom of heaven. He is the king up there. Now, the thing in a kingdom, it's not like a democracy or a republic or whatever we're in. Basically, what happens is the king is the government. No Congress, no senators, just the king. He doesn't have to go to anybody else. He's the When he makes a law, the law is a law. See, there's no argument. There's no disputing. There's no fighting. There's no anything basically because he is the king, what he says goes. Remember, it, it, let's go back in the Old Testament when Daniel was there and the king, they talked him into making a decree that nobody prays. Nobody prays for 30 days. And once he said that, it became law. Well, then after he thought about it, he said something he should have thought about. I don't know if this is relating to you at all, me a little bit. He said something he never thought about then when Daniel got in trouble, he wished he could took it back. But guess what? He couldn't take it back. Why? He was a king. And when he said it, he made a... And once he made that decree and that law, then they couldn't take it back. So there he was. He, he got coerced into saying something that he shouldn't have said as a king. I'm trying to show you the importance of your mouth just for a little bit of time. I don't want to go into it too deep, but I just want to you know, stab you with it in the side so that you're bleeding just a little bit when you leave here this morning. Yeah, the decrees that you make, praise God, are decrees. You're a king. You can't go around saying, I'm just going to get sick all the time. I just get sick, 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 and then you get sick, sick. I don't know what's the matter with God. No, what's the matter with you? You're a king, and you're decreeing things. You're decreeing, we'll never have enough money. Don't make that decree, for goodness sakes. No, no. So, so what happened? He couldn't do anything to Daniel, praise God. How many know God stepped in? And I'll tell you what, if you'll stay on the kingdom laws and the kingdom constitution, listen to me, they will work every time. It's when we come off of them. See, I don't know if I'd have came off when they came to take me to the lion's den. I don't know if I'd have gave up when they were dragging me and my feet were in the ground and I was almost to the lion's den. I don't know if I'd have thrown down my laws when they dropped me to fall down in the lion's den. I don't know when I hit the bottom and looked at the lions, is that's when I would have said, it's not working. But if he stayed on it, the lions just looked at him, didn't do a thing. Why? He stayed on it the whole way. See, some of us believe when we enter with a kingdom law and hit something with it, it's supposed to happen right away. Sometimes it does, sometimes it don't. But I'm not going to let go of the kingdom laws because a king spoke them and they cannot be reputed, they cannot be negotiated, they cannot be anything. And the church, the Christian church, negotiates God's laws. Oh man, we could spend a couple days right here. See, they want to negotiate. 
I mean, basically the world right now is 55%, I think, in divorce rate, and the church is 55% divorce rate. Well, how can that be? We the church. We Christians. We good boys and we good girls. No, we're exactly the same as the world because we have not come out of the kingdom of darkness mentally, even though we're a citizen of another kingdom, and everything we're receiving is from here. We're getting our information from here. We're getting our knowledge from here. We're getting everything from here. With the kingdom of God, if you look up the word darkness, it's ignorance. This kingdom wants to keep you ignorant of who you are, what you can do, and how you can live in victory. So if you're only going to get your information from the earth, experts, all they can give you is expert worldly advice, and it doesn't work. You've got to get kingdom advice. So, so we're going to be different, aren't we? We're going to be a peculiar people. We're going to be a lot different than anybody else, praise God. Uh, the world sleeps around to find a husband, and the church sleeps around to find a husband. But the kingdom says, no wed, no bed. Come on, completely different, ain't it? Complete, and then you tell somebody, well, you've been dating him for three months now. Haven't you done anything? And you say, no wed, no bed. They, they almost get mad at you. Because they've set up their own law, see? They're in negotiation right now. We're going to take a little bit of the world and a little bit of this kingdom. We're going to put them together. Because this is the year 2022. And God is getting old. Oh, boy, he's getting old. That Holy Ghost has got a beard and everything else, and he's just about ready to drop over. So we've got to help him with the laws and rules a little bit. But you don't understand, by keeping the laws, it doesn't benefit him. It benefits you. He knows how you're supposed to run. You're not supposed to be worrying. Why? It breaks you down. You're not supposed to fear. Why? It tears you up and messes up your emotions. You're not supposed to sleep around. Why? It takes part of your emotions and attaches them to a bunch of different people to your mess. He's trying to do what's best for you, not keep you from having fun. See? I don't want to go to God. He'd take away all my getting drunk on Friday and Saturday night. And finally, I figure out, my God, I'm killing myself here. What am I doing? He's not preventing me from doing something. He'd prevent me from killing myself, for goodness sakes. But we don't think about that in the kingdom of darkness until the light goes on. And that's why you get bored again. There's a different way of thinking and a different way of doing things. So people come to you all the time. And back when I was at the prayer meeting, the Catholic prayer meeting we were talking about years ago, we'd be there, and this person would have this issue and that issue and this issue. And one of the main things they would say is, that's just life. That's just the way it is. That's life. Well, that's not life for kingdom citizens because we can overcome every situation and everything that comes against us simply if we obey the kingdom of God and react the same way that Jesus did. I mean, you know, Jesus had problems here. I mean, he had a boat full of water that was going to go down. He almost got thrown off a cliff several times. And the Bible said he walked through the midst of them. My God. I don't know if they couldn't touch him. I don't know if they couldn't see him. I don't know what happened, but he just walked right through the middle of them. They couldn't throw him off. I don't know what it was, but it's kingdom life. I, I believe... Personal belief. Say personal belief. I believe Adam could walk on water until he sinned. I believe he could speak to a tree and kill it. See? Wouldn't that be something? you got a big tree in your yard you don't want anymore. Instead of getting a big saw or hiring somebody to take it down for 8,000, you just say, die. Come out the next day of dead. Tear the thing down. Get rid of it. But if Jesus did those things as an example of the kingdom of God, and now I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God, and I have the same power, which is the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of me, and then that Holy Ghost is here. What's the Holy Ghost here? To get rid of the kingdom of darkness in your brain and get you into the kingdom of God thinking. That's what he's here for. He is a teacher. He wants to instruct you and show you. And it's that still, small voice. And the more you go, the louder that voice becomes. See, when you exercise praying in the Holy Ghost, it basically loudens his voice and you can feel. And you can come to a place where you know something's wrong even if you don't know it's wrong. 
I mean, to you, it still looks right, but for some reason I can't do that because I, in the long run, God knows it's going to offend somebody, going to hurt somebody, going to do whatever, see? So the Holy Ghost is in there. What's he in there to do? He's in there to help you to change the way that you think so that you can align, say align. align. Say he's al- into alignment. How many of you ever had a car and it's pulling to the right and it's pulling to the left and you take it in, you get a front end? And once you get it aligned, you go straight right down the road. Well, that's what the Holy Ghost does. He comes and you're pulling over here and you're going over here and you're in reverse and you're going this way and he comes and starts to align your automobile. And pretty soon when it starts to turn to the left, you say, "Uh uh-uh, clank that baby right back here. We're going right down the road. Hallelujah. I mean, you've got that, what is it, GPS where you put your thing in there. Sometimes you're going down the road just having a good time and it'd say, accident ahead, take an alternate route. I'm going along my day sometime and the Holy Ghost says, don't go there, take an alternate route. Why? He's on the inside of you. That's what he's done. That's why he's here. Some people will say, tires reported off the truck in the middle of the road ahead, a hazard ahead. Well, the Holy Ghost sometimes will say, hazard ahead, trouble coming your way. Uh, what do you do? You immediately start praying because you know it's coming, praise God, and you'll be wondering for it when it comes. So he's trying to slowly translate our culture and the way that we think and the way that we do things so that we can rule and have dominion in our own lives and can live in victory 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Religion told us, it's okay. Don't worry about it. God's in control. Don't worry about it. Everything's good. And when you die and go to heaven, everything will be wonderful. Then you'll enter the kingdom of God and everything will be good. But Jesus said the kingdom of God is here right now. So we can partake of all the kingdom things, not tomorrow. We can start today. Everything I see in this book that God has promised me, I can do something with, basically because it's already been given to me by God. All right, go to Romans chapter 8. All right, Romans chapter 8, look at verse 9. It says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwells where? Dwells where? Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is what? So what's the difference between me and someone else? The difference would be I have the governor. I have the Spirit of God now living in me because I was born again. And since I have the Spirit, those living in the kingdom of darkness do not have the Spirit of God. They're still in the kingdom of darkness. They've not been born again into the kingdom of heaven. They cannot have access to the kingdom. They do not get benefits from the kingdom. They get nothing from the kingdom, basically. So their job is to get born again into the kingdom of God. We have the Spirit of God. If you don't have the Spirit of God, you do not have, you are not none of His. In other words, you don't belong to the country. You are not a citizen. So this tells us, basically, when you become a citizen of God, Paul said it all the time. He said, ye are a temple of the... And one time he said, what? Don't you know that you're a temple? Why? Because they weren't living like people who had the Holy Ghost on the inside of them. They were living like people of the kingdom of darkness. Notice, when you got born again, you probably didn't hear the angels blow the trumpet. You probably didn't hear a bunch of shouts and screams and all that stuff. It was something personally that took place on the inside of you. And you might not even know what the heck happened to you. You just know something happened to me. So as you grow into things of God, you don't have to wear a t-shirt that says born again. You don't have to wear a hat that says I'm saved. You don't have to do all this. By your culture, by the way you talk, by the way you walk, by the way you handle situations, by the way that you do things, people realize there's something different. They might call it weird. Something weird about you. 
everything's falling apart, everybody's freaking out, and you're just calm as can be. They just can't understand what's going on. Well, you've slowly been renewing your mind back to the kingdom of God, and you respond differently to situations and circumstances. I mean, you go around the world, everybody reacts differently to everything, whatever's going on. I mean, you can have somebody yell fire. Some people can just look at them like they're weird, and everybody else will yell fire too. Fire, 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 fire. And they didn't even see the fire. They're just yelling because everybody yelling fire. What do they do? They react. We don't react to situations. We respond to situations with the word of God in every situation so that we can live above. And this is important because God wants us to be in alignment. Say in alignment. In alignment alignment with his kingdom. And this happens basically when you start to renew your mind on the word of God and line up to a heavenly life. All right, go to 1 Peter chapter 1. And the thing is, the more you get in line with the kingdom of God, the better life down here come, becomes. It just does. It gets better. It gets easier. It gets. And once again, we, we say this quite a bit, but you cannot change yourself. You cannot, through your own efforts, change yourself. You renew your mind, your mind first. Then your actions will line up. That's why you need to be in the word of God on a continual basis. All right, 1 Peter chapter 1, look at verse 22. Here it says, seeing you have purified your souls, how? In obeying the truth, how? Through the Spirit, unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart, fervently, being born again. How many of you are born again? Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides. How long? Forever. All right, now I've got to understand here. I was born again of a seed. The word there for seed is sperma. So I was born again of a seed or of a sperma, but I was not born of, in, of corruptible seed. I was born of incorruptible seed. So I cannot go on thinking that I'm a victim and a loser because that would be the seed of a corruptible seed. So once I'm born again of an incorruptible seed, all that stuff that I was dealing with, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, whether it's rejection, whether it's ever, all that stuff should be gone out of my life unless I convince that's who I am. I'm of a different seed. Every seed produces after its own kind. And the seed you were produced from is a guy by the name of Jesus Christ. And he is a real good seed to be produced after. So you became like that. You cannot be born again of a seed of Jesus Christ and think you look and act like the devil. You can't do it. You can't plant an orange seed and get an apple tree. It doesn't work that way. So basically, now notice what it says here. How do we change? It says we purify our souls. Now, who does the purifying? You do. Purifies your soul. How? I obey the truth. Oh, doggone it. It's fun to know a lot of truth. That's the fun to obey it. It's fun to know. Bless those that curse you. Until somebody curses you. Then it's no fun anymore. The Bible says love your enemies. Not so fun anymore when you run into one. You can quote it all day long. So what happens? The Spirit of God on the inside of you, that's how you obey through the Spirit of truth. In other words, this still small voice, just, just about when you're ready to screw up, you hear this little voice says, I wouldn't say that if I were you. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Uh, don't do that now. Or sometimes it's not even a voice, it's a feeling. 
Sometimes you feel like you're just to be ready to get punched in the stomach, and there's nothing really going on. It's a spiritual thing, the Holy Ghost trying to get over to you. So you do not make a mistake. God's not into mistakes. God wants you to go straight ahead. Why? Because you're part of his plan and purpose, and he needs you. You are part of it. You are significant to him. So he wants you walking with him, basically, in order to do that. And you're going to have to receive things from the kingdom of God to do that. So you have the spirit of God on the inside of you. He's leading you, and he's guiding you. All right, go to Galatians chapter 5. All right, Galatians chapter 5, look at verse 18. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. These are works of the kingdom of darkness. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, jealousies, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, reveling, revelings, and such like. Notice this ain't even a complete list. That's enough for me right there. We don't... <laughs> such like of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do these things shall not what? Shall not what? Shall not what? All right, that doesn't say that you will lose your salvation. It says you will not be able to receive your inheritance from the kingdom of God. So the kingdom peace, when I need it, I'll not be able to latch onto it. Why? Because I'm feeling guilty for what I did over here that's not lined up with the kingdom. Are you following me? So if we don't walk in alignment with God, we're, we're limiting ourselves to some of the things we may need and want from the kingdom of God, and we're going right back and living like we did before we got born again with the only access we got is to earthly things to the earth's way of doing things, to the government's way of doing things, to the natural way of doing things. But that's not it because as long as we are doing our purpose and our plan of being significant, God will supply whatever that purpose may be. Yeah. Say whatever that purpose may be. That's why if you're believing to be a trillionaire, don't. Just find out what your purpose is, and if it's a million-dollar purpose, you'll have a million dollars. No sense giving you a trillion because you'll screw up. Is that right? Yeah. 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 I don't need to do this anymore. I got all this money now. No. So I'm, maybe, maybe you're supposed to have a congregation of 80 people and just raise them up. He will give you what you need to raise up those 80 people. You don't have to have a congregation of 5,000, 6,000. Well, I was going to go all over the world preaching as an evangelist, and people are going to come from miles around. And, and that went by the wayside pretty good in a hurry, praise God, and ended up being a pastor. And, and at first, I'm, I'm believing, praise God, we're going to have a building with 9,000 people, and we're going to, and the more I, did that, God was just saying, that, that ain't it, brother. It's not where you're at. You'll never hold 9,000 people with the things you preach. Come on now. Come on. No, we bring them in, but we run them out. See? And then you've got to be a little bit grown up out of this old into the new character because if people start leaving because of what I'm preaching, then I'm going to change what I'm preaching a little bit and just say, God loves you and he cares for you. Sick, okay, it's just God. No. You're going to preach the truth and like it, you get it? Don't. Don't praise God because I need to fulfill. And as soon as I compromise my purpose, I compromise my finances and what I need for that purpose. Many pastors start out, they're called to be pastors, but they put their money and there's emphasis on getting money rather than seeking the kingdom. 
And as soon as you do that, you, you better work three jobs and sell coffee cups. Because God's not involved anymore. He says, go ahead, brother. You want to take it? Go right ahead. Have a good time. And it doesn't work out that way. No, you find your purpose. You find what you're supposed to do. You walk into things of God. And God will make sure you've got enough. It's his responsibility. Come on, even the post office gave me a uniform when I was working for him. You think God would give me something if I'm working for him? Gave me a truck? A mat to stand on? All kinds of things, praise God. It's the same way in the kingdom. God's just letting you get in your purpose, knowing how significant we are. And when you put God first place at his kingdom, other than everything out here, you won't have to worry about finances because God said, oh, I'm going to do that. And then the only problem is he'll bless you above that. But then when he blesses you above that, he'll tell you to give it to somebody else. It's just as tough to be broke as it is to have a lot of money. Because if you're going to be a manager... You've got to be able to manage that extra money and do what God wants done with that money because it's not your money, it's his money anyway, along with everything else. So as we grow, as we do this, we start inheriting things from the kingdom of God. The Bible says you are a chosen generation. Say chosen. Okay, now why am I a chosen generation? Because many are called, but few are. So how can I be a chosen generation? I must be one that's following my call in order to be chosen. See, many are called out there, but they're not following the purpose of God. They don't even know the plan of God. They don't know what God wants. They don't know the significance. They're not, and that scripture doesn't work for them. But many are called and few are chosen. I'm one of the few. How many of you are one of the few? Good, praise God, half of you. That's good. We're, we only had a third the other day. Yeah, all of us are called. And when you follow it, you're one of the chosen. And what are we called to do? We are a royal priesthood a holy nation, and we are a peculiar people. We're spiritual nerds. Yeah. Yeah. And what are we called to? We're called to deliver those who are in the kingdom of darkness and bring them into his marvelous so that they can find their purpose, find their plan, fulfill the void that's in their heart, so that they come to a place to now where they have significance. They won't look at a gang anymore. They won't probably look at the moose anymore. They won't look at this anymore. They don't have to belong to something because they're belonging to the thing that they were created to do, and that's what gives them fulfillment. That's what gives you peace. That's what gives you joy is just to do what God originally planned here on the earth. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Quarter after I ran over. That's all right. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah.